Four-man front, receiver motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman dropped the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I, text, I texted. Oh, gee. Can we start the show over? I already tripped over my words. I texted my sister yesterday just as the game was starting because my sister's not a sports fan, but she's a pretty big Taylor Swift fan. And she's watched a little football this year. She's watched some of the Chiefs games, watched a couple Packers games, maybe a couple more Packers games than she would have watched otherwise. And I texted my sister, texted yesterday. I said, hey, are you watching? And she was watching with some friends at the bar and, you know, kind of checking in throughout the game. And she's like, this is kind of a boring game. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It'll probably be a great finish because it's the NFL. And that's typically how this works. And it took a little while, took overtime, but the finish was awesome. And I think it's really funny that the end of the game was kind of highlighted by some players not really understanding the overtime rules. (laughs) Like a a bunch of the Niners players after the game are like, yeah, I didn't know that the rules were different in the playoffs, which one lie, lie about it because you make your coach look bad. Lie. You're not, you're not. I always say this at a press conference. You're not under oath. You're supposed to say what makes you and your team look better, not necessarily what's true. You're not under oath at a press conference. So, A, the Niners players should have lied about it. But, B, I thought it was really funny because there's all these Swifties watching the game, presumably lots of people watching the game who aren't really into the NFL or maybe have never watched before, but maybe watching because it's the Super Bowl or maybe watching because of Taylor Swift. And it has to be such a funny feeling watching an NFL game for, you know, really the first go-round because of Taylor Swift. And it's like, wait, the players don't know the rules? Do the announcers know the rules? And I would tell any Taylor Swift fans, yeah, that happens every week. Like, you cannot imagine how many weird rules there are in the NFL that are only explainable and that are only teachable when they come up for the first time. It's like you're teaching someone football. Well, first down, second down, third down, and then punt, field goal. You know, offsides, holding, pass interference, ineligible man downfield. Okay, yeah, you're starting to get a grip of it. And then you get into the final, you know, two minutes of a game and there's a penalty and the ref is like, that comes with a 10 second runoff. You're like, wait, what? A 10 second run? Oh, yeah, that happens in final two minutes, no timeouts, penalty, weird stuff like that. You can only learn football 100% by just watching a bunch of it. And it's funny to me that a bunch of Swifties got that experience yesterday. They're like, players don't know the rules oh no nobody nobody really knows all of the rules there's all these random things that come up all the time so I thought that was such a perfect little microcosm of the NFL and the insanity of it and the unpredictability of it really fun Super Bowl yesterday it took a little while to get off the ground but hey you could appreciate good defense and you know two teams really struggling to to figure it out and to play mistake-free football under the brightest lights on the biggest stage so all in all a good Super Bowl got a little snoozy you know, second, third quarter, but started to pick up and then a walk-off winner in overtime. You heard Kevin Harlan Westwood won uh, as a part of that intro. I really liked that call. A little bit better than the Nance call. I, for the most part, don't slander announcers because it's kind of lame and everyone does it. But Kevin Harlan is is absolutely the best. So I thought that was the best way to begin the show tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had a great weekend. Enjoyed Super Bowl Sunday. I made just under five pounds of wings for myself 
uh, it was great. And I have leftovers, so I'll have lunch throughout all the week. Like, I just made a huge crock pot full of wings. I had a nice cold PBR. Now, the first beer, I drank my first beer. I figured maybe I'd have a couple throughout the game, and then I finished the first one. It's like, mm, after being in Vegas for a whole week, yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I think I'm going to have water now. I think <laughs> that was great. A nice symbolic beer by myself to enjoy the game, but that's about it. I'm going to drink some water and go to bed early. Uh, tonight, we'll probably, I, I'll share some stories of th- some uh, things that happened in Vegas, but I want to begin the show with some honest-to-goodness sports talk because I feel like I owe you after last week with a lot of nonsense of what's going on at Radio Row and some random guests. So we're going to get back to business today. Take your calls as well, 608-321-1670. Going to open up the phone lines here in about 15 minutes. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. You know, we've seen the Chiefs in the Super Bowl a couple of times now in the last few years. What is it, four times in five years they've been in the Super Bowl and they've been in the AFC Championship game just about every single year. I don't have the exact totals in front of me like how many years in a row and how many Super Bowls and how many years we've seen a lot of the Chiefs at this stage of the season right including the exact same matchup a couple of years ago in what was that 2021 2022 when the Niners beat the Packers at Lambeau and then went on to to play the the Chiefs and then lost that was Mahomes second Super Bowl title we've got a good feel for who the Chiefs are what they can do kind of how they click this win and this moment for Patrick Mahomes and for the Chiefs It's deja vu to last year when they beat Philly. Now, the final score looked different. There was a lot more action. There was a lot more scoring. The defenses could not buy a stop last year, unlike this year. But I remember what I said basically a year ago today, reacting to the Chiefs beating the Eagles also in the the last minute. Not in overtime, and it wasn't a walk-off win, but all the way down to the wire. And I remember what I came in the day after about a year ago today and said. I said, that's why Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable, right? You see the crazy arm angles and the off script stuff and he can get out and run when he needs to. And he's got a massive arm and all the things tough plays through injuries, all the, all the things that make Patrick Mahomes great. Yes, absolutely. But from a big picture team building franchise building dynasty sustaining perspective, what Patrick Mahomes did last year against the Eagles shows the value of Patrick Mahomes is because he is one of the rare quarterbacks They can make a bunch of money and play for an imperfect team. Had to trade Tyree Kill. Didn't have all the money in the world to spend on free agents, uh, wide receiver weapons, uh, cornerbacks, pass rushers, O-linemen. Patrick Mahomes is really the one guy in the league and one of probably the very few guys in league history that can make all the money, play on an imperfect team, and still get the job done. Patrick Mahomes had to be amazing for them to beat the Eagles last year. He had to be just about perfect. He had to make big time throws and he did it. And I've had lots of good conversations with Vagabond John over the last couple of years. There's our first Vagabond John mention of the show where he's like, great. It's really tough for the Packers to win. No team has ever won with Aaron Rodgers or a quarterback taking up this percentage of the salary cap. Absolutely. Vagabond John is right. It's really hard for a team to pay their quarterback a lot of money and win. Unless your quarterback is so good that it doesn't matter. And last year, Patrick Mahomes showed us, yeah, he's that good. It doesn't matter. And then here we are a year later, and he did the same thing. He's still that good where it didn't matter. It didn't matter that they really didn't have a single wide receiver that anybody loved, except for maybe Rushy Rice, but Rishi Rice is a rookie, right? Their offensive line, a lot of holding penalties, a lot of mistakes. Creed Humphrey Keeps snapping the ball at Patrick Mahomes' ankles. Isaiah Pacheco fumbling in the red zone. This Chiefs team is maybe the most imperfect team of Patrick Mahomes' career. 
And yet he was good enough and made plays when they needed to be made. And he continues to remind me and he continues to show the NFL and NFL fans that, yeah, it's basically impossible to win when you're paying your quarterback a lot of money unless your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. We got an example of that last year against the Eagles and I was blown away. We got another example yesterday. I'm even more blown away. But also, I'm just getting used to it. We're getting used to the idea, well, Patrick Mahomes is amazing. He's a great quarterback. Great quarterbacks win. Yeah, but actually not most of the time when that quarterback is making a lot of money because typically they're going up against a roster like San Francisco's. Way better. Way deeper. Way more weapons on offense. Nasty pass rushers that can come get you. Chase Young actually showed up yesterday. Nick Bosa was unbelievable until I think he ran out of gas later in the game. A quarterback like Mahomes making all that money on an imperfect team is not supposed to be able to go up against San Francisco and have success. And yet Mahomes is that good that it didn't matter for the second straight year. And I understand that some of you may be sick of Patrick Mahomes. You might be sick of the Chiefs. But can we agree that this is better than Brady? Right? Because Brady was the same way. Brady was inevitable. He was in every AFC championship game. He was basically in most of the Super Bowls. If Brady wasn't in a Super Bowl, if the Patriots weren't in a Super Bowl, we're like, damn, this is weird. Somebody else made it. You know what I mean? Like it was out of the ordinary for the Patriots to not be in the Super Bowl. And now it's out of the ordinary for the Chiefs to not be in the Super Bowl and to not be winning the Super Bowl. But I'll take the Chiefs and I'll take Mahomes 10 times out of 10 over the Patriots and Brady because so often I watched Brady and I'm like, there's not that much special there. Like, yes, he's beautifully running the offense. He's a conductor and he's fitting in and he's doing what needs to be done to win. But I never got the feeling watching Brady that I get watching Mahomes. I'm like, Jesus, what are you supposed to do with this? He's unbelievable, right? It's, it's like watching Michael Jordan. It's like, if you need two points, he'll get two. If you need three points, he'll get three. If he needs to beat a defender, he'll beat a defender. Whatever needs to be done, he will do. Mahomes is unbelievable. So if I'm going to be force-fed a player in the conference title game and in the Super Bowl every year, I at least want that player to be like Patrick Mahomes. Where I'm like, damn, maybe a little bold, maybe a little boring, maybe a little repetitive year after year, but, I mean, he's that great. What do you want me to say? If I'm going to take the same guy over and over and over and they're going to win every single year, I want their greatness to be obvious. And it's been obvious with Patrick Mahomes. And... You know, a conversation that we'll have to have throughout the offseason and as we get ready for next year. If Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and the Chargers and then Kyle Shanahan and the Niners couldn't get Mahomes these last two years, I'm not really sure when they can ever get Mahomes. They traded Tyree Kill and took an intentional step back. Let's get draft picks. Let's get younger. Played a lot of played as many rookie snaps last year as anyone in football on the on the defensive side. We're going to take a step back. We're going to lose some of our potency on offense, and we're going to try to be a more well-rounded team. We're going to take a step back and play through guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? And this year, rookie Rishi Rice. If Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Herbert and Shanahan couldn't get Mahomes these last two years, when I think everyone agrees Mahomes has been at his most vulnerable, I'm not really sure when it's going to happen. I'm not really sure when they're supposed to beat him, if, if not for these last two years. And of course, that's not how sports work, because as soon as you think a team is unbeatable, they get beaten. And as soon as you think a team is simply that much better, then they lose, right? That's how the NFL works. But these were not supposed to be the two teams that won Super Bowls. These were not supposed to be the best Patrick Mahomes Chiefs teams, and they won back-to-back Super Bowls. So, no, I don't think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to win indefinite Super Bowls from here on out. 
But I, I think it begs the question, like, if these other superpower quarterbacks in the AFC and, and Kyle Shanahan and, and these other teams and great coaches couldn't get Mahomes these last two years, I'm not sure when it's ever going to happen. Because I think everybody agrees these last two years, Mahomes and, and Kansas City, they're at their most vulnerable. And still, they won. They just make it back to two Super Bowls. They won them. Man, 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 man. And Kyle Shanahan's getting a lot of heat today. And look, I will cry no tears, and I will have no sympathy for San Francisco. None. Screw the Niners and their fans. They could lose 10 straight Super Bowls, and I'd find each loss more entertaining than the last. I detest that franchise, and I think it's hilarious that they keep getting so close and they keep losing. I love it. So I have no love, and I have no fandom for Kyle Shanahan, but I'll defend Kyle Shanahan today to a degree. Yeah, he's blown leads in three Super Bowls. All of them a double-digit lead, including yesterday. They had a 10-point lead. But, come on, 10 points versus Mahomes. He had a double-digit lead. Yeah, he was up by 10 in the second quarter against Patrick Mahomes. Okay? Yeah, you would like him to be able to go on and win that game, but let's not act like he blew a 25-point lead. It was 10 points against Patrick Mahomes. That's nothing. And the third quarter took forever. The, the third quarter, I thought, against um against yesterday against the Niners felt a lot like the Packers third quarter against the Niners where you had a lead, but you're like, geez, we just, we got to get to the fourth quarter. We got to come on, come on. We got to, we got to get there. It just felt like that third quarter things started to go South for the Niners. They could feel it slipping away and it's still the third quarter, still a couple minutes left in the right. They just wanted to start to get towards the end of the game, try to get into winning time. And that third quarter felt like it took forever. So I'll, I'll defend Shanahan. It's, 10 points versus Mahomes, right? He's now lost in three Super Bowls, Brady and Mahomes twice, and he had Matt Ryan, Jimmy G, and Brock Purdy. Okay, I mean, that's 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 tough. That's really, really tough. I don't think Purdy's that good. I've been saying it for weeks. I think he's fine. I think he's solid. But I said two weeks ago for the first time, and I said it all throughout the last week before leaving for Las Vegas, and I said it repeatedly last week on the show from Radio Row. This game is going to be close. Because the Niners are really good, and Kyle Shanahan is really good, and Brock Purdy is is pretty good. But it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. It's going to come down to a couple of big drives. Got to have it moments. Patrick Mahomes can make those throws in those moments, and I'm not sure Brock Purdy can, and he couldn't. And Brock Purdy wasn't bad yesterday, but Brock Purdy's not Patrick Mahomes, and Kyle Shanahan is not coaching some all-time great quarterback against Mahomes here. He's got Purdy, who's who's fine, who's good. Right, so I'm not going to roll Kyle Shanahan over the coals today. We can nitpick him. You can nitpick all of these Shanahan Super Bowl losses. Shanahan has needed to be perfect to beat Brady and to beat Mahomes twice. And he hasn't been. I think he's been close to perfect. I think he was closest to perfect last night of any Super Bowl that I've watched him in. He went for a fourth down that he wouldn't normally go for late. I mean, he said it after the game. He's like, yeah, wouldn't normally do that, but we're against Mahomes, and like, I, I'm not leaving this game with regrets about kicking or punting the ball away. Oh, yeah, 100%. That isn't probably something normally would do, but um, thought it was the right thing in that situation. Went for that fourth down late. That was shocking, right? So normally Shanahan leaves a lot of win probability on the field by punting when he shouldn't or kicking when he shouldn't. Last night he actually got some fourth down decisions right, and he pushed the envelope a little more, which you need to do to beat Mahomes or to beat Brady. Shanahan's not aggressive going into halftime. He wasn't against the the Packers, and it burned him. He settled for a long field goal that got blocked. 
He basically let, what was it, 30, 40 seconds with a couple of timeouts slip away. He said, nope, don't want it going into halftime. He did the same thing uh, in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago against Mahomes where he basically just said, no, we're content to go into halftime. You can't do that against Patrick Mahomes. You can't do that against Tom Brady. So if you want to nitpick Shanahan, little things here and there where it's like, yeah, we could have had, you know, maybe 5% more win probability here. We could have given ourselves a little bit of an edge here. Sure. Because that's you you need to have that 5% against Mahomes and Brady, especially when your quarterback is Brock Purdy or Jimmy G or Matt Ryan. But I think big picture, Kyle Shanahan is mostly fine. He's got a little bit of bad luck, and I'm not going to blast him today as this coach. Though. Are we sure he's that good? Are we sure Shanahan's really that good? He keeps losing in all these big games. Yeah, but that's what we used to say about Andy Reid, right? And that's what we used to say about LeBron before he went on to win multiple titles, right? He's got four rings now, like, Remember, so with these coaches and superstars, like they can't win the big one. Yeah, until they win the big one, and then that changes. Now, Shanahan hasn't won the big one yet, but I don't think it's because he gets into these big games and completely melts down. Sure, again, two, five, seven percent worth of win probability here or there because of a field goal or because of a punt, but also he was more aggressive last night. We could talk about his decision to take the ball to begin overtime, not the correct choice. Uh, but I heard his reasoning. I'm like, okay, that's not complete and total nonsense. But again, it's 2% here, 5% here, 7% here, where Kyle Shanahan just leaves these little edges. And that's enough. That's enough for Mahomes, even with a flawed roster. That's enough for Brady, even when they're down 23, 25 points, whatever it was a couple of years ago when, when they blew that big lead when he was offensive coordinator with the Falcons. I want to continue to talk about the big game, some topics from the Super Bowl and big picture takes now that we can look back at the season and, and look at how the playoffs played out. I, I think we have a clearer picture of some of these team seasons and how they wrapped up. And so I have those conversations. I also, at some point tonight, want to talk about what happened at the waste management open this last weekend. Cause I think it's hilarious. And anytime we can talk about some binge drinking, uh, large event disaster, I want to do it. So at some point tonight, I want to talk about that as well. 608-321-1670. Let's take some phone calls when we come back talking about the chiefs winning again. Patrick Mahomes, again, back-to-back. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, happy to be back in studio. Oh, this is nice. I I don't like doing remote broadcasts for the most part. I get stressed about technical difficulties and, you know, here in the studio, this is, this studio is designed to do a radio broadcast. Anytime I'm at a bar or somewhere else, I always get nervous. Plus we can't take phone calls. Going to get to the phones here in just a minute. 608-321-1670. Want to talk about the big game? I... I need to actually call it the Super Bowl. Everyone calls it the big game for like marketing purposes. Like if a bar is having a Super Bowl party, they have to say big game party because technically it's we can call it the Super Bowl on the show. But I've just sarcastically called it the big game now so many times it's become a habit. A couple of tweets here. Mike Imported says, can we get audio of the overtime coin flip? Because the ref literally explained the overtime rules over the public address system. I don't understand what the 49ers are talking about. Okay, so even if it was explained the Niners not knowing the rules going into the coin toss, they're already a disadvantage because what was reported by Lindsey Jones through the ringer is the Chiefs had talked about this. If it goes to overtime and we win the toss, here's what we're going to do. If it goes to overtime and we lose the toss, here's what we're going to do. They had planned every and any possible contingency 
If the Niners were learning the rules at the coin toss, they're already at a disadvantage. Also, Mike, I was down on the field for opening night. So we were down, you know, in between the hash marks, kind of by the podiums and the public address and like Michael Buffer was out and they're speaking. But all the speakers in that stadium and I like I didn't know this. I've never been on the field of an NFL field before. They're pointed in such a way where you really you can't even make out what's being said on the field. It's all broadcasted sideways towards the crowd. So when you're down on the field, like Michael Buffer screaming into a microphone, it is time. You, you couldn't even really hear it. So that could also be a problem with the refs explaining over the public address, but the players standing right there, the speakers aren't pointed at them. Uh, AJ also says Mahomes is Brady and Burrow is Manning. It's the next great rivalry. The bummer about Burrow is he's, he's missed two seasons due to injury now. I agree that Burrow has, has shown that he's the most equipped to get in the ring with Mahomes and, and hang tough. Um, but he's missed two years due to injury now, and that that just sucks. Also, AJ, I know you're an L.A. guy. You're a Rams fan, and we fought over that. I will continue to fight you on the Dodgers. Uh, I'm a Rams fan now. This last year kind of made me a believer in Stafford and McVay, and also we had Steve Avila, a lineman, just finished his rookie year for the Rams on at Radio Row last week. He was, like, honestly, maybe one of my favorite interviews I've I've ever done. He ripped. So I will cheer for him. I will cheer for his team. And I know you tweeted something about that last week. I appreciate you listening. Uh, thank you. And I'll continue to fight with you over the Dodgers, but we have common gr- ground, at least with the Rams for now, uh, assuming nothing changes. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Grant, welcome back from Radio Row, and thank you for providing that insight on the the way the speaker system set up. I, I think only a person at Radio Row would be able to understand that. <laughs> right? It was weird. Like, you'd think it's loud enough, even if the speakers aren't pointed at you, but I think that's how they must design newer stadiums. So like when there's a timeout and there's music or there's something going on, the players on the field can actually still talk and hear each other. You can't make out the words. So I, I think they could maybe hear the ref that was right in front of them. But if you're trying to learn the rules on the fly, it's not really set up that way in the stadium. Kind of a cop out excuse from the Niners too. Oh, we weren't familiar with the rules. Well, that's, that's your own fault. Then be better. Yeah. But overall, you thought the big game lived up to the hype. I see a lot of people complaining about how the game started, but all we care about is the ending, and that was that was one for the history books. Um, Mahomes has absolutely cemented his legacy in this league. Um, I, I think we said last year he already buried Aaron Rodgers' legacy after winning his second. Yeah, there's no question now. I mean that that he is. 10 times above Rogers in the legacy ladder of the NFL. Ooh, legacy ladder. We might have to do that later this week. I, I saw one of Aikman's old tweets aging poorly about like, talk to me when Mahomes has as many rings or as close to as many rings as me. It's like, well, all of a sudden he has three. Uh, and it seems like he just gets a fast pass, like the TSA fast pass or pre-check right to the conference championship game every year. So again, I don't want to be the guy who overreacts and be like, Mahomes might win five or six. But at, at this point, what evidence do we have to think otherwise? You know? He's only 28. Tom Brady played until, what, 45, 44? So, I don't know. Got another 12 years of Mahomes. I'm saying at least another six rings. Man. I mean, again, as soon as you assume things in this league, this league will surprise you. Like, the 15-1 and Packers, they lose in the first round of the to the Giants. It's like, you just don't know. So much can happen, but... Like the Chiefs have shown to kind of cut through the noise and the flukiness of of these close playoff games, and they just always find a way. And with Brady, like Mahomes is very Brady, and that even if he doesn't really have a flashy game, when he gets the ball late and he needs three, he can get three. If he needs six, he can get six. He's just in total command late in these games. 
Yeah, and those last two drives, one to close out the the, uh, the game to send it to overtime, and then that last drive in overtime, I mean, just just tactical drive. Yeah. He knew when to use his legs. He, you know, was hitting the open guy and just, just a master of that two-minute offense. It was kind of cool to see Kelsey get hot and have a couple big plays at the end. And again, I'm not a Swifty, like I'm not a sap, but it is kind of a cool story. And if the Chiefs are going to win to have it happen that way, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I was really pulling against the Niners. I understand some of you are sick of the Chiefs and I'm sympathetic to that. But my point of view, I definitely wanted the Chiefs to win, mostly because I wanted the Niners to not win. Yeah, agreed on that. And then, yeah, with the Taylor Swift stuff, I thought it was fine. You know, good for her, good for them and Travis, whatever. Um, just jealous though, really all these Swifties find it figuring out what the NFL is right. for the last 13, 14 weeks. And they win the Super Bowl. That's just not how NFL fandom should go. No. Why couldn't Taylor Swift date Trevor Lawrence or Justin <laughs> Herbert? Or one of these just absolute losers on these loser franchises or Christian Yelich. We'd have Swifties bullying Mark into some team in no time. Ooh, I mean, Taylor Swift's richer than Mark, so maybe she could. <laughs> she buys the team. Her. What if, oh, my God, now <laughs> I need to think about that. Taylor Swift buys the team so she can surround Yelich with better talent. Oh, God. Oh, that's actually not the worst take. Oh, now I'm, I'm going to think about that the rest of the show. Damn it, Cohen. Oh. Yeah, and last thing, Grant, at yep. some point this week, we need to have a meeting of minds on what's going on with this Badger basketball team. Yeah, we do. I um, Yes, we do. And probably tomorrow at the very latest Wednesday, we'll do that. I, I promise that to you, Cone. We absolutely do. Appreciate the call. Awesome, Grant. Well, thanks for uh, providing us with some good content over Radio Row. Loved all of it. You know, it's just, just fun to hear all those guests. So great job and love the show. Well, thank you, Cone. I appreciate that. I love your calls. I'm happy to be back and taking calls in studio. I think sports talk, you need to take calls in sports talk because that's, that's how the fans get their voice out. That's how we talk about these things. I'm just thinking about Taylor Swift dates Christian Yelich, buys the Brewers when she realizes that they don't have enough money to contend. This is, oh, oh, oh. I don't want to break Taylor and Travis up. But we only have about what fifteen years now of evidence that again, I don't I don't mean to wish I actually don't want to talk about their relationship at all. I got weirded out when the television broadcast after the game. They're like, see, that's true love right there, the way they're embracing. It's like, don't no, don't don't assign anything to them. Don't put that on them. If they're if they're just if this is just puppy love and it's a little fling, that's fine too. We don't need to make this we don't need to try to get them married right now. Just let them enjoy the post game. We don't need to be. That's true love. Stop being weird. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clemhead Mike. Hey, Clemhead. How you been? It's been a while. Good. How are you? I'm, t- I'm tired. In, in the best way. Last week was nonstop. From, we were up at 530 and on our way to Radio Row. And then I often didn't get to bed if we were having a nice dinner. You know, I was tooling around trying to meet up with football people like, not a lot of sleep, but that's good. Made the most of our time out there, but very happy to be back. Vegas for an entire week is a long time, Clement. I know. No, most people don't go to Vegas for an entire week. No, 48 hours. That's what I learned out there. Well, most yeah. people only can yeah. do Vegas for 48 hours. I'm like, well, I guess I'm built different. What can I say? Yeah, I watched every minute of uh, day one, two, three, four. Then I missed day five, but I, I'll watch it on YouTube later after your show. And, uh, and you got to meet a lot of big stars. And uh, I saw you kept looking around. You must have been seeing a lot of people that we couldn't see on camera, but uh, that must have been pretty exciting seeing all these people in real life. But uh, it was cool. I would, I would rather seeing a lot, little bit more of Aaron. Wow, she's really pretty. <laughs> oh, Erica, the pre- oh Bill's producer, Erica. Erica, yeah, yeah. Well, 
I mean, I'll, I'll pass that along. I'm sorry that you had to look at my mug sitting at the table sometimes. Yeah. Erica just doesn't like she's she's not on air, so you're stuck with me. Sorry about that. Yeah, but no, that was that's good. You're, uh, a lot of people on the stream are saying, "Oh, that's what Grant looks like." Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> I, and I said, no, I said, yeah, with his haircut short, he, he looks like a teenager. <laughs> uh, no kidding. I wore I wore some, uh, I pulled out one of my favorite Packers shirts last week. Khalil Herbert didn't like that. I had a Bears running back on. He's like, dude, what is that shirt? I'm like, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I saw that shirt. That was pretty cool. But, um, sorry, yeah, I, um, I, that one, uh, I don't know if it was Thursday's show, where you, you seamlessly sat in Bill's chair and took over his show for a segment. You know, you should have done that more often. Let Bill go walk around. You know, I, I know you had to poop that, that segment, but uh, you should have let, you know, you, you should have filled in more and let Bill go around, meet people, and let Bill grab people. people. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Any Anytime I had a sack, I'm like, I'm just going to go do a lap, see who I can find, try to yeah. drag someone back here to join the show. Yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed mo- I enjoyed all those interviews. And that, Farrell, that Scott Farrell was hilarious. And Dude, Scott Farrell was funny. Gra- yeah, yeah Grassi just walked right by, and I'm like, hey, do you just want to come on? He's like, sure. And then he won uh, yeah. Fan of the Year at NFL Honors. That was really cool. His YouTube channel is funny as heck. I, I, I subscribed to it quite some time ago, and I, I don't want to bum me out, but he just, uh, on his channel today, he just revealed he has COVID, so I just thought I'd let you know that. Ooh, well, probably, got it from Roger, probably got it from Roger Goodell. I, I, I haven't <laughs> seen him since, like, last, I think it was Tuesday, so I'm probably in the clear. Yeah, you're fine, but, uh, yeah, he, everybody in the, everybody in Vegas was touching and hugging this guy, so. Yeah. So ground zero right there. Um, top well, what do you think? Yeah, of the, what do you think of the big game? Before I let you go, Clemhead. It was okay. I, I <laughs> I've watched most of Super Bowl since Super Bowl three. I, I don't know. I just I didn't have any interest. In, I I hate both teams. So yeah. I do. I was rooting for Forty ers Sorry, I know how bad you hate the Forty Nine ers Teach their own. Yeah. Yeah. We all have. I, you know, you hate Forty Nine ers as much as I hate the Cowboys because we're from different eras. But. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I thought you did a great job, and I I would like to have seen you uh, on camera more. I mean, as the as the host, that would have been pretty cool. Anytime uh, Bill needed to run to the bathroom, I, I did my best to take care of it. I appreciate you, Clemhead. You have a good night. Yeah. Oh, Bill needs to run to the bathroom. Well, I'll stand in. And, and Bukowski was always loitering around, too. I saw people on the stream. It's like, Peter again? It's like, well, he's standing. He's always around. Because I, I would always check in with Peter, and he'd check in with me. It's like, are there any Packers over there? Because he was kind of on the opposite corner. So we, we, we fashioned a little bit of an alliance, which was nice. If he got a Packer, he'd send him our way and vice versa. But if Peter was hanging around, it's like, hey, five minutes, you want to hop on and just talk about what's going on and talk about the Packers? So Peter was a, a very generous guest. And uh, again, I mentioned this last week, but anybody that had money on that dinner happening or not happening, it did happen. Peter did buy me dinner. So uh, pay bets or collect bets accordingly. Let's take two more calls and we'll take a break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant, Tony from Texas. I'll zell you over that $50. You'll what over that $50? Oh, zell. Oh, zell, zell it over to Who you. did you bet? Or you weren't bet betting me. 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 I wasn't betting against that happening. Oh, I, did. I thought no way in hell he was going to pay for that meal. Um, He had been there before. Pete, I got a, a good deal of culturing from Pete because he lives in New York. He, he like, eats out and he goes to nice restaurants. I'm like, what? Man, I don't know. They got pretty good bar food, like a good frozen pizza down at Crystal Corner on Willie Street. Like, I, I don't go out to fancy restaurants, Tony. Look at me. Locked on Packers is paying well, or maybe you got to marry well. Hey, Grant. Or both. You know, yeah. I, I look at the, the playoffs. This is what I'm going to tell you here. The Niners got outplayed by the Packers and the Lions and won. Yep. And I can make a case they outplayed the Chiefs and lost. 
and they beat them up in the trenches and lost. And here's the difference in this game. Not only did Patrick Mahomes do you know what Patrick Mahomes does, but Spagnola was brilliant on third down. Yep. And he brought the this is why the Packers didn't beat the 49ers. Spagnola's blitz package was unbelievable. And they'd bring these these corners in and you didn't they disguised it so well. Did you notice that? Like, wow, that guy snuck in there and batted it down on yep. turn five. That's huge. So not only was it Mahomes, not only was it Spagnola, the turning point in the game is that that you want to call it a muff kick. I see uh, uh, the, the punt returners not claiming it was a muff kick because it did hit the other guy that was on the punt return team. But that was the turning point in the game. And then our own Wisconsin Badger, uh, Chenault, blocks the, the, the extra point. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a lot of luck to win these games. You can't leave Patrick Mahomes in these games. Uh, I, I looked at this stat. Who's got the most comeback wins in NFL history? And I'm not talking playoffs. Just I looked at these names this is from 10 to 1. Russell Wilson, John Elway, Dan Marino, Johnny Unitas, Matt Stafford, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. I figured out that the years that they played, it's about two per year. And Patrick Mahomes is on that pace. Aaron Rodgers, like, like Cohen said, one per year. Yeah. So, yeah, the Packers won a lot of games with Rodgers because they were leading, but Rodgers didn't have that clutch gene. I talked to my buddy, Jermichael Finley. I'm like, hey, this Mahomes is unbelievable. What was the difference between him this and Rodgers? And, and you know what Finley told me? He goes, Rodgers didn't really want the coaching at, at, at later in his career. He thought he could do it all. And, and like you said, he made the football harder, to, to back your point up. And that's the difference right now with them. And I'm not, it, it, I got a few other points because I know you're busy. Yeah. I am not going to blame Shanahan on this game. You're absolutely right. They didn't know like, the rules. Like, that's yeah, he, he could have done one or two things a little better. The overtime thing is tough, but, like, no coach is perfect. I've been saying this all year. He had one or two things maybe throughout the game he could have done better. His defense couldn't get a stop when they needed it, and Brock Purdy couldn't get a touchdown when they needed it. Hey, they went for it on fourth down. I thought no way in hell I'd go for it on fourth down. Kittle gets the first down. Like, yep. kudos to Shanahan. Uh, but, you know, the, the the punt thing, the field goal thing, it's kind of what happened to the Packers in the past years against the Niners, if you think about it, Grant. It's funny how that stuff is cyclical in the playoffs, right? And, and that's why before we took our last break, I was like, I, I want to talk about some of the trends and some of the things that happened. If, if you look at the playoffs, what you said, the Niners beat the Lions and Packers despite getting outplayed, and then they lose to the Chiefs despite outplaying them. And there were some special teams gaffes, like the Packers lost to the Niners because of special teams. And twice, really, in a couple of years, Anders Carlson missing that kick. And then they get an extra point blocked and the punt. These things, you know, the NFL is funny, Tony. It's cyclical, right? If, if you get if you get a win because of something, it's not surprising a week or two later you lose because of that same thing. It's it's a really funny league like that. It is. It, and I'm not going to blame them on the OT rules. McCaffrey got enough touches. He got 30 touches. I heard Mm -hmm. him getting some slack for that. Uh, You know, I thought McCaffrey was really good. Uh, You know, that was a hell of a win by the Chiefs. And you know the last team to three-peat, Grant? You know who that was? Who? Our Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Before the Super Bowl era, 66 to 68, I think. So that was what, an NFL championship and then two Super Bowls? Yeah. uh, Yes, correct. And I would love to see our Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love, take take on the Chiefs next year and not let them get that. How awesome would that be? That would cook. Tony, I appreciate you. It's nice to reconnect. We'll do so, I bet, throughout the week. Maybe you can continue to 
to, to join the show. Maybe some Badgers basketball takes later this week. Cone wants that. I got to get a break, and if you're on hold, hang right there. I promise I'll get to you on the other side. I want to continue to talk about the big game. And Tony's right. I didn't notice that. The Niners get outplayed by the Packers and Lions and win, and then they outplay the Chiefs and lose. The NFL is the NFL's really funny. I think in 2014, when the Cowboys kind of got a fluky non-pass interference win against the Lions, and then they go on to play the Packers, and they get a fluky Des dropped it loss. And then the Packers go on, get a really fluky loss in the NFC Championship game. The Seahawks get lucky. And then the Seahawks go on, and they're on the one-yard line, and they lose the game on kind of a fluke interception. It's, it's a funny league. It's that's a great observation, Tony. Thank you for sharing that. That's really, really good. Let's take a three minute break. We'll come back. Continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Love that take from Tony. It's amazing how what goes around comes around in the NFL. We see it all the time. Especially when you have these teams that are winning multiple playoff games. They're taking step, 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 and you can look back and see the trend. We look at what the Niners did this postseason. They got outplayed by the Packers and won. They got outplayed by the Lions and won. And then they outplay the Chiefs and they lose. That's that's the NFL. That's why we love the NFL. That's why nothing compares to the NFL. That's also why the NFL is brutal. And that's why today I I'm just sick to my stomach. I, I mean, I'm gutted. I'm crestfallen and slightly depressed, as a matter of fact, for Niners fans. I My heart just hurts for everything, <laughs> everything they're dealing with. I I oh, I mean, how how sad do they have to be? I I can't imagine. I mean, to lose, what, three Super Bowls now in a decade, not to mention all the NFC Championship game losses. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on any, on any, I wouldn't wish it on any fan base. I'm sorry. I can't. I, I man, oh, oh, God. No, my heart's with Niners fans. I'm, I'm just so bummed out for all of you. Oh, that's just, shucks. Shoot, 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 shoot. I'm so sorry. That that happened to you, man, maybe better luck next year. You'll get him next year. I'm sure next year is that's the year. That's when that's when I'm sure it'll happen. 608-321-1670. This caller's been waiting so patiently. Thank you. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Maybe the caller wasn't so patient after all. Seems they dropped off. Bummer. Sorry. If you call back, you have time later. We'll take some more calls after five o'clock. 608-321-1670. A lot of, lot of Brady-Mahomes takes being thrown around today. I hate this. I don't like it because Mahomes still has so much of his career left in front of him. He might turn out to be as good as Brady, a lot worse than Brady. I mean, maybe Mahomes never makes another Super Bowl again. That's truly how crazy and unpredictable the NFL is, right? If you told me today, hey, Patrick Mahomes is never going to make another Super Bowl, I'd be like, hmm, really? Brutal. But, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. That's how this league works. And I'd be a little skeptical because Mahomes is, I mean, he's unbelievable, but go back to 2010. Go back to 2010 and and look at Clay Matthews and Aaron Rodgers on that podium and remember the way you felt in that moment. You're like, man, we are about to go on a run. And then they just didn't. Now that's a little different because that was one Super Bowl, right? Mahomes has now been to four and won three. A little different, 
But you, you don't know. It's unpredictable. I, I don't like Mahomes-Brady comps right now, just like I didn't like Brock Purdy comps. Like I, I, see, I see these rants that sports radio hosts go on. They're like, if you just look at the first two years of Brock Purdy's career and you, and you just look at the numbers, just look at the numbers, his numbers match up with, you know, so-and-so quarterback. He's off to the same start. He's having the same career as Joe Montana or Tom Brady. I mean, it's unbelievable. And people don't want to give this guy credit because he was a seventh-round pick. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Can we stop trying to align careers constantly? Like, oh, so he's had an amazing two years. Great fantastic. What does that mean for next year and the year after and the year after? Like, it means nothing. It means he's had a really good run. Statistically has been very good with this Niners team last year. I'm speaking about Brock Purdy. I, I don't, I don't like then taking a small sample and being like, he's on track to have a hall of fame career. It's like, would, can we, can we not, can we just please not? And, and I get like Mahomes is on a track now. This is not a small sample. He came into the league, what year? Uh, 2017. So he's been in the league. I, geez, I don't, I don't, I don't know how many years, but, but he's been in the league and we have enough of a sample where we can start to draw some conclusions, but I don't want to waste time. Is he going to catch Brady? Is he going to get there? Would you bet this or that? I don't want to do it. Two Brady comparisons that I'm very comfortable making. Uh, when I watch Patrick Mahomes, I'm reminded of Brady because Brady over the course of his entire career, had to play differing styles of quarterback. Now, Brady was also a much more limited quarterback than Mahomes. So, like, early on, I'm not really going to give Brady credit for being a game manager because that was kind of the only way he could play. Right now with Mahomes, he's actually been more of a game manager the last two years. He was more individually brilliant his first few years in the NFL and since the Tyree Kill trade and and since this defense has been built up, he's had to scale it back a little bit. Fewer deep shots, more checkdowns, possess the ball, give your defense some time to rest, keep the other offense off the field. Like he has played into a role, a different role that's needed of him because the team is different. So Mahomes, like Brady, has now taken on multiple different looking roles. He's he's gotten different assignments. Let's put it that way. And he's aced all of them. You need to be unbelievable and throw for 400 yards and make big plays. Go do it. You need to strip it down a little bit and not play at a, at a level higher than your wide receivers and your offensive line will allow you. Great. Strip it down and be a really, really good and controlled game manager. The void turnovers. Patrick Mahomes, like Brady, lots of different assignments, different styles and different types of teams. And he's been the exact guy that's needed in all of those situations. So that's Brady ask. I'll make that comparison. Also make the comparison that when, Brady got the ball late, needed three or needed six. He would go get three or he'd go get six. And it's the same with Mahomes. It's like, I, I didn't really doubt that he was going to go get the points that were needed at the end of the fourth quarter or in overtime. He's just inevitable. And in that way, he's a lot like Brady. He's inevitable late in games and he's taken on different roles to help different teams win. That's very Brady. Those are good Brady comparisons as I, as I hype up my own, hype up my own take. I don't need to do the, well, through his first six years, seven years, and he, his statistical profile matches that of Tom Brady. That's just, that's a waste of time, right? We can compare careers when they're over. Comparing careers isn't fun anyways. Legacy conversations are for the all-star week of baseball, not for the day after the Super Bowl. We got a game to talk about. Let's take our final break of the hour, three minutes, and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bill's on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you hanging out. Happy to be back in studio, taking calls, doing our normal Wisco Sports Show things. Feels nice. Feels nice to be back. I slept uh, on Sunday until about 11, 1130. Plane came in at 10, was in bed by midnight, and I, I didn't even remember going to bed. I was pooped. Long week in Vegas, very fun, super productive. Uh, just didn't get a whole lot of sleep, which is fine. Someone who never gets any sleep, Mike Clemens, he's out there covering the Super Bowl and the aftermath of the Super Bowl. I think he's there until Wednesday. I don't I mean, he I think he might be hitting the casino this week to celebrate the end of his time in Vegas, or at least he should. He's going to call in briefly before the end of the show just to give us the latest and what he heard specifically after the game about Kyle Shanahan not really having the best sense. This is why he took the ball to start overtime. A lot of questions about this. This is Kyle Shanahan after the game. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, that none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, the both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. So this is a better answer than I expected. I, I can see the logic there. We wanted the ball third. Okay. I, because I like when decision-making in football, I, I like the line of thinking of, okay, what if this goes as well as it possibly can go? You know what I mean? Like, I like assuming that. What if it, what if what, what we're considering doing, what if it works? Where does it take us? Where do we end up? And I, I think that way, you know, fourth down decision-making when drafting a player. Hey, what if we draft this player and he's unbelievable and really, really good? What Then what do we have to think about? I like thinking about those possibilities. I, I do. And I like that Kyle Shanahan's like, well, if we take the ball first and go get six, th- where does that put us? Okay, well, then the Chiefs go get six, and then we get the ball third with a chance to win. couple of gaps in that, like the Chiefs had talked about going for two. If they were to get the ball second to go down and score six, they would go for two and go for the win. So that's a little bit of a gap in Shanahan's thinking. I think it makes sense to not put Brock Purdy out there down a touchdown with all the pressure on him. Let him go first and kind of set the... So I get it. I I do. Um, but that's not how it works. You want the ball second. We'll talk more about this next. Mike Clemens will join to help us fill in the blanks later on in the show. Let's get an update from Zach. Two minutes. We're back. Receiver motion, low snap. He runs and he throws. Caught, touchdown. Be careful with all your neighbors. Hartman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Mike Clemens is going to give us a call from Sin City. He's there for a couple of more days covering Super Bowl, the aftermath of the Super Bowl. He's probably going to tell us, you know, Grant, you really want to get up close and personal with these guys. You got to go and find them at the club after they win the Super Bowl. Mike's probably putting on his leather jacket, right? Hitting maybe some sunglasses, hitting the club, just doing reporting stuff. It has nothing to do with Mike wanting to go to the club, go see a DJ. No, he's, he's doing his job. He's going to join us in just a bit when he has a spare second to give us a call to talk about what he heard from Kyle Shanahan and and his explanation after the game for taking the ball first in overtime. I don't think it's the end of the world, and I don't think Kyle Shanahan deserves to be absolutely killed for it. I don't know that it was the best decision, 
But at the end of the day, football's not that complicated. Your offense needs to score and your defense needs to stop. That much is true no matter if you get the ball first or second or if you loop back and get it third. Your defense at some point needs to get a stop and your offense at some point needs to get a score. And his offense only was able to muster three points and his defense gave up a touchdown. So we can fumble around with the order. At the end of the day, I don't think Brock Purdy was good enough and the defense towards the end of the game I think was just gassed. Okay. Now, Kyle Shannon could have been a little bit better. A little bit better, yeah. And against Patrick Mahomes, you can't be like 98% perfect, 97% perfect. So taking the ball first, probably not ideal. His team still had plenty of opportunities. I, I think I've been consistent about this all year long. When the Packers struggled, I think, in the Giants game, I said, look, I'm not blaming Matt LaFleur for this. Guys were open. Jordan Love missed them early. Right? I'm not blaming Joe Barry for this. Defense had chances to get picks, defenses to make plays, chances to make plays. They didn't do it. I think I've been pretty consistent on that all year. I think Patrick Mahomes was that good, and Brock Purdy is not Patrick Mahomes. So Shanahan could have been a couple percentage points better here or there, and that's probably true of all his playoff games. That's probably true for most coaches in playoff games. Something else I've been consistent about all year long. It's like, man, these none of these coaches are perfect. Most of them, the, the good ones are close to perfect, but none of them are perfect. And Shanahan is is no exception to that. Keep taking calls. Talking about the big game, 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Uh, you got Darnell. Hey, Darnell. What's going on? Hey, is it is it weird of me to no. root against quarterbacks because I don't want them to damage Aaron Rodgers' legacy? Uh, at this point, Yes. Three or four years ago, I would have said no, because I was doing the same thing. But at some point over the last couple of years, I just said, screw it. I'm not like I like I'm not pulling my hair out about what Stafford does or about Mahomes does. Rogers had chances, couldn't get it done. I, I don't worry about that anymore. A couple of years ago, I did, though. Not anymore. Just like it just it still blows my mind that he only got one Super Bowl. He only I made think. it to one. If you would have made it to a second yeah. and lost even, like that that goes on your resume. And I know I'm going to get crap for that from the morning show crowd, but it's true. Sorry. Jeez. It's, I, it is, it's just, it's really weird. Just just because I, I find myself watching these, these games, I'm like, you know, Rodgers would have feasted in a game like this. You know, I, like I, I say stuff like that, and then I'm like, well, you know, if they were good enough, they would have made it to the game. So he, but, uh, but last night's game, how many times have we seen Rodgers play in an exact game like that? Where it was very close, low scoring, lots of opportunities throughout, neither team really taking advantage. That, that looked like a Packers playoff game where you get to the end of the game. It's like, man, you had chances to score, chances to pull away and just didn't do it. It looked like a Packers playoff loss. Yeah. That's like, I didn't, I, I felt like I have been there like a million times watching that game yes. for 49ers fans. Like, this is what we do every year. So, you know, like, welcome to hell. Yeah, it's, you know, what they, it's, it's what they do every year, too, just normally on a higher level. They lose more. They lose Super Bowls. We lose NFC Championship games. They also lose <laughs> NFC Championship games. Niners fans might have it worse than us, but that's fine. I have zero sympathy. They can suck one. And then my last little thing here is um, watching the game last night, I felt like the result and I know everyone's talking about, you know, uh, the rigged and all that stuff, but I felt like the result was inevitable regardless of rigged or not. Does that make sense? Like, like I felt like I, like in the first quarter when they went up like 10, nothing, I was like, I kind of know what's going to happen already. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting to that point. 
Like, I know that Patrick Mahomes is going to somehow come back and score and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It just it never felt like the 49ers really had a shot unless they went, like, 21 nothing or something like that, you know? Well, it just never really felt like they had any sort of real momentum. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, early on, they were marching the ball up and down the field, and then they fumble, right? Like, early on, they were moving the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs settled in a little bit, and they started to play some real defense, and, it, and life got hard all of a sudden for the Niners. McCaffrey wasn't rushing for four or five yards a pop, and, and their wide receivers weren't wide open, and Brock Purdy. Like, Spagnola, I think, did put the screws down slowly but surely over the course of the game. The problem is the Niners, when they were cooking early, they didn't convert it into any points because of that early fumble from McCaffrey and – like, yeah, at halftime, what, what was the at halftime? 10 to 3 or 10 to nothing at halftime? And you're looking around and thinking, okay, so you just played the Chiefs just about as well as you could, and you're up by 10 points. Okay, well, good yeah. luck. Yeah, I mean, like, if you think about it, the Packers put down a pretty decent, like, blueprint for how to beat the Chiefs, and that is just run the ball down their throat, but don't stop. You know, uh, the 49ers stopped running the ball. They... They had what, like, I, I think three offensive runs in the second quarter and third quarter. Like that's that's not going to get the job done. And Brock Purdy is just not. He, he's not the quarterback that can get it done through the air, throwing forty times. You know, he's he's more of the fifteen to twenty passes a game and let your defense and running just kind of win that game for you. Which, in my opinion, I, I think they probably win that if. If Shanahan doesn't go away from the run. Interesting. I mean, McCaffrey had like close to 30 touches. I I get it. It's just everything got harder for the Niners as the game went along. The Chiefs defense ramped up a little bit every single possession to the point where at the end, Spags, I think, had a perfect feel. He's like, okay, I'm just going to send this blitz. I'm going to send this blitz on third and fourth down. I'm going to get after him. He, He, by the end of the game, knew all the right buttons to push. Right. And I think the Niners slowly but surely in offense throughout the course of the game got less and less comfortable and the things that were easy all season and easy against most teams were no longer easy. And I don't know that Brock Purdy and Shanahan handled it super well. McCaffrey also wasn't lighting it up late in that game. So I don't really know. And Darnell, I appreciate you. I think it's easy to say, well, they went away from the run. They went away from McCaffrey. I mean, how many carries did he end up with? I want to make sure I have this right. McCaffrey finished this game with 22 carries and eight receptions on eight targets. That's really efficient. So I guess... You know, you could, it's easy to say, and Packers fans, we do it too. Just give the ball more to Aaron Jones. Give the ball more to McCaffrey. Yeah, but sometimes it doesn't work, and then you're always in second and nine. And then if something goes wrong on second down, you're in third and long against Spags, who loves to blitz, and Brock Purdy does not handle the blitz well. So I understand, I mean, Shanahan this year with Purdy, a lot more stuff in the shotgun, a lot more stuff. It just, it didn't look like the Shanahan offense this year. It was still very good, a historically great offense. It's not like they took a step back. But Shanahan adapted and adjusted this offense to some of the different skill sets of Brock Purdy. It just wasn't enough. They were a couple plays short at the end of the game. And you're right. It it did feel like a Packers playoff loss and that the game was in the balance basically the whole time. It was there to be taken. Neither team was really taking it. And then at the end, the Chiefs just grabbed a hold and and ran away with it. I know it went to overtime, but they just looked so comfortable and so decisive late in the fourth quarter and overtime, getting what they needed to to extend the game or to eventually win the game in overtime. 608-321. 1670 Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello, hello. Hey, Grant. This, this is Ryan, Piano Man Howe here. Yo, buddy. what's up, Ryan? I was going to text you today, actually. 
I'm a little hoarse if you can if you can't tell or not. But uh, you yelling? that's what happens when you. Well, that's what happens when you sing and you have a cold. Yeah, I got. I think I might be stuffy after my being on a couple planes, and it surely has nothing to do with booze or cigars or anything that were consumed in Las Vegas. But no, I got you. I think I think everybody's going around. Were you cheered for the Niners or the Chiefs yesterday? I'm I'm interested. Big time, Chiefs. Hell yeah, Atta boy. I'm 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 a I'm kind of vengeful. I good. I <laughs> yeah. The whoever bounces for the Packers from the playoffs is somebody I automatically want to lose. Good, especially if it's somebody that if there's just you can't. Well, yeah, I mean it was the same in the '90s with the Cowboys, and now. Uh, it's not that karmically it's evening out all of a sudden, but the Packers just happen to be, uh, they own Jerry's world, just like the Bears. Uh, but now their uh, bugaboo is San Francisco, although they, they kind of let this last one slip, of course. But, man, um, Steve Spagnolo is, is proving over and over again his reputation as a big-time defensive coordinator, and I just hope and pray that Jeff Halfley is anything close to that you know you know it's it's funny because Spags I mean they couldn't get a stop against the Eagles last year but they won right they won so we don't really talk about that so it it all comes up you know good for Spags because he's great in most playoff games and then the games where he's not like Mahomes just picks him up like he picks up the slack it's a great system what a great place to be a defensive coordinator yeah, and, and that's the beauty of, of having somebody, having a quarterback like Mahomes and not saying Love will eventually be a three-time league MVP or like Super Bowl champion, whatever. Uh, but if he realizes potential, realizes his potential and the defense starts to really step up and become who they could be with this talent that we think that they have they continue to invest first round pick after first round pick into this defense and and if the scheme well if the coordinator is adaptable and is able to make adjustments like you'd think any reasonable coach could do yeah and they just the defense all those guys just do their job do their 111th all the matt lafleurisms you know uh if week to week one one side is able to pick up the other, like you said with Mahomes and Spagnuolo, that seems to be how you get to and can stay at the top in this league of parity. I think so. I you know what I think, and something I want to mention tonight. You speak of parity. Everyone talks about the AFC. Well, the AFC is way harder. The NFC, I mean, the NFC, it's a much easier path to the Super Bowl. And I think quarterbacks, yes. But the Packers pushed the Niners around. And the Lions pushed the Niners around. The Chiefs weren't exactly pushing the Niners around yesterday. I kind of thought Pacheco and that old line and, and they're blocking, you know, three tight end sets. I, I thought they'd be able to push the Niners around and, and run the ball in them. And they really couldn't. And I'm sitting here thinking, look, I know we make all this hoopla about Josh Allen and, and the AFC is a, a much better conference. I watched two teams with much less, you know, lesser quarterbacks, Jordan Love in his first year and Jared Goff, and those two offenses pushed the Niners around and kind of imposed their will on them. I think the NFC retroactively now just a little bit more credit after the Super Bowl we just watched. Of course, yeah. It's as soon as you start to say something and it's being spoken by media talking head and pundit, not including you, of course. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> 
uh, as soon as something like that just starts being repeated over and over again, it becomes popular belief, and uh, and then it, and once it becomes popular belief to the public, it can with players too. Not necessarily saying that that's what happened to a bunch of teams in the NFC, but you're right. The the Packers and the Lions, both teams from a division that was supposed to be trash this last year. Yeah. I mean, it just shows you how much some of these pundits know and don't know and and how bright the future is for for both of those teams going forward. The Packers and Lions, uh, say what you will about that trade last year when the Lions were able to get up and get Brian Branch. People, you got to remember, yeah. who did they get with those picks? Jaden Reed, Octavian Wicks, and Carl. I'm pretty happy with three good players instead of one. Oh, yeah. I, and I think the Lions are amped about that trade, too. And, Ryan, I appreciate you. I, I am going to text you later because I had something that I wanted to talk about. It was nice to me. Feel better and have some tea. Uh, I'm becoming a big tea guy. Sleepy time tea before bed. Throat coat tea. Uh, when my when my voice is a little scratchy. I'm trying to not drink multiple cups of coffee today. I'm trying to have like one or two in the morning and then be good. Uh, but I like a warm beverage. So, Ryan, I would I would recommend, uh, you probably know as a musician, as a singer, you probably know how to take care of your voice. So don't allow me to mansplain, radiosplain to you. Yeah, I think the Lions and the Packers, and like I still weirdly have Cowboys stock this past year. Where I'm like, I think that Cowboys team was really good. I think they laid an absolute dud at the worst time. You know, I, I hear all these pundits. Today, I was listening to Colin Cowherd and John Middlecoff's postgame show from last night after the Super Bowl. And Middlecoff is like, well, being in the AFC, the path is a lot harder going forward for the Chiefs than it is for the Niners. I, I don't know. Is it? Josh Allen is so, yeah, Josh Allen is great. But Josh Allen, outside of that one amazing game he had against Mahomes, he's, he's been fine in the playoff. Joe Burrow's been hurt. Justin Herbert can't get in the playoffs. Like, yes, the better quarterbacks are in the AFC. I don't know if that manifests into the AFC being a harder path in the same way a lot of analysts are saying. You know what I mean? Like, I watched two of the lesser teams in the NFC, and I know the Lions went all the way to the NFC title game, but no one thought of the Lions a couple months ago, probably the way that the Eagles or the Niners, right? And the Packers, too. They pushed this Niners team around, and the Niners looked unbelievable on defense along that front. I thought they played awesome last night. Looks nothing like they did against the Packers and the Lions. So I want more credit for our conference moving forward, even though they don't have the big name, sexy, expensive quarterbacks. 608-321-1670. One more call before break. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Uh, this is Gabe's. <laughs> What's up, Gabe's? How's it going? How's lacrosse? Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Hell yeah. Like always. Hell yeah. You're damn straight. What's up? Some great takes tonight. Uh, I really loved uh, Tony's take on Rogers not having that clutch factor. That's the difference between watching Holmes, you know, and the big games, right? Yeah. It, it was it, it was interesting because me and my son had to decide because we wanted two different teams in this. But, okay, we got this team, so we got to decide. So, you know, okay, KC will tie the pack with four Super Bowls if they win. Uh, okay, that's plus 49ers. Uh you know, yeah. uh, and like Tony said, you know, uh, KC winning um, another one puts him up for that third championship. Packers is the only team he's cracked that have ever done it. But we just hate the 49ers. So I do too. That's I, what I, we I went just, with. I detest them. I don't like them. I don't like their fans. Yeah. Their fans out in Vegas 
talking all the smack <laughs> opening night. They're booing all the Chiefs players on the podium. It's like you guys haven't won a title in what three decades now. It's been since the early nineties. Like I, I'm just sick and tired of hearing from cocky. Niners fans, because everyone treats yeah. Cowboys fans like they're a joke. The Cowboys have won a Super Bowl more recently than the Niners, and I and I hope people really start to wise up to this. It's like, wait, the Niners aren't exactly the model of of championship contention or, or championship winning over the last couple of decades. I hope people wise up this offseason, Gabe's. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So we went with the Kansas City Chiefs, but you know now, well. Brady had it. He had two in a row, and he he didn't com- complete the three in a row championships. So, but now I my worst team is KC this year. They they can't do three in a row. You don't want you that. Keep that, that reaches back. another level for you. You're gonna have to cheer against him now. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That makes sense. The Taylor Swift thing annoy you, Gabe?s I'm just trying to get a feel for. Where you were leading? Ah, uh, you know, it, it's. I think it's good for the NFL. It was kind of the thing, you know. Good for you. Um, the only thing I didn't understand is uh, Andy Reid's one mistake was it was a third and uh, one, and they didn't get the first, and it was fourth. He took that. Uh, he yeah. Took a timeout. That was it's bad. Like, take, yeah, take, yeah, challenge it. You get it. You're going to you lose your timeout anyway. Also, I think like, he made it. That was another instance where the Niners, the Niners, how many times the last couple of weeks did the Niners get a really friendly spot on a third and one or fourth and one that the opponent definitely picked up and the refs didn't yeah. give it to him? I think he made it. Oh, yeah. I think he did too. And it just like I thought Jordan Love <laughs> made one or two of those in, in the Niners game a couple of weeks ago. LeFleur did the same thing. <laughs> well, him and Shanahan, him and Shanahan and Sala, they're all peas in a pod, all of them. <laughs> Shanahan loses in Super Bowls. Lafleur loses in NFC Championship games. It is what it is. Gabe's appreciate you, man. I got to take a break. Thanks for the call. Thanks for listening on WKTY. Three minutes. We'll be back. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. Get a check in with Mike Clemens here in a couple minutes. Appreciate his reporting, his contribution to the show, and to Bill's show as well. Lots of shows across the state of Wisconsin. He's shooting back audio and, you know, reports from this locker room and from this press conference. So we appreciate Mike. We'll connect with him during our next break here at 5 30. You can call the show if you'd like, 608 321 1670. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Uh, very good Super Bowl. All in all, a little slow in the middle. Uh, I made about five pounds of wings just for myself. I'm going to eat more for dinner when I get home. Uh, I tried to make a dip. I tried to make a French onion soup dip. It was, it was, it was fine. I, I don't know if I'd make again. I don't know if I liked the recipe. Um, not that you asked, but that was, that was my Super Bowl yesterday. I had one can of beer and as I finished it, I'm like, I don't know if I need another one. Uh, I just was drinking a lot in Vegas. I don't, I, I shouldn't say that. I wasn't drinking. Well, I was out a lot. You know, we would go to the sports book after the show or we'd go sit in the casino. So I'd have a drink. It's not like I'm, you know, going nuts every night, but I'm just okay to not have a beer casually for a while. Uh, so that, that reality hit last night for sure. Did anyone pay attention to what happened at the waste management open this weekend? Sneaky. One of the more interesting, entertaining sports stories of the weekend. 
of course, you get outside the Super Bowl, right? Live golf is going on in Vegas. There's college basketball stuff. The Badgers lost at the rack early Saturday morning. Not really sure what to make of that. We'll make that a tomorrow issue on the show. Tonight, we talk about the big game and waste management. That place got nuts. And it's been known as like the party stop on the tour, but it was always kind of maybe not like a well-kept secret, but it, it was always low key. It's never been like what it was like yesterday. And I, I don't know if everyone all of a sudden figured it out. It's like, hey, let's go party at Waste Management. But this is this is an age-old take of mine, and I think it probably applies here. This is why the Midwest, this is why we have things figured out when it comes to drinking. Uh, and I know, like, how many Wisconsin cities and all over the Midwest, like high, high rates of binge drinking and, you know, all that stuff. That's not always healthy. But in the Midwest, we have completely normalized drinking so that if you want to go get drunk, you can just go do that. Like in the Midwest, we've completely destigmatized and de, like deregulated drinking so in a social sense, not in a like legislative sense. We have deregulated drinking to where you don't need an excuse to go get drunk. If you and a buddy want to go have some beers after work, go have some beers after work. It doesn't need to be a special occasion. Just pick out a bar and go. Saturday night, don't need to do don't need to do anything special. Just go. And I've found in my travels over the years, not that I travel a whole lot, but I found, you know, go to a concert in California, go to a baseball game in a different state, go to a football game here, go to a festival there. You realize that I believe in other states, especially with men, It's like, I want to get drunk. We're going to go to a basketball game. We're going to go to a football game. And that'll be our excuse. And while we're there, we'll absolutely just send it. Way too much. Or a concert, right? We're going to go to a concert, and I'm going to use this concert as an excuse to drink 20 beers. It's like, well, in Wisconsin, we don't have that problem. Because if you want to drink 20 beers, you can do that at any any moment in time. Just go. There's It's not hard. And I think a lot of these people, like, waste management is the thing. We want to get messed up, so let's go to waste management. Okay, well, in the Midwest, if you want to get messed up, you can just go do it. You don't have to like buy tickets to go all the way to Phoenix or Scottsdale and drink a bunch of beer. Like, that's just not how it works. And in the Midwest, I, I think because we drink more, we have a, also a better handle on our drinking in some cases. I know in others, not so much. Like when I go to a sporting event or a concert, it's like, no, I, I want to watch the game. I want to watch the concert. I want to do the thing that I'm here to do. If I want to drink, I'll just go drink. And I think in other parts of the country, they have that messed up. They have that backwards. Does that make sense? Anyways, that's my waste management open take. What I mean, they stopped selling beer in the middle of the day. I had a couple of buddies who went. One of them's from the Twin Cities, originally from Eau Claire. Uh, another one from my hometown of Menominee. They were like, this sucks. We couldn't get one beer. They didn't want to get drunk. They wanted to go see the golf and take in the atmosphere, and they couldn't because a bunch of losers that never get a chance to drink beer in their life had to send it and piss their pants in the tent. Sad. Sad. And a bad look for the tour. Sad. Let's get it together. Men who think it's funny to shirtless slide down a hill after a couple beers. I remember my first beer. Actually, I don't remember my first beer, but I remember certainly that I did not do that when I had my first beer. One more call, then we'll take a break to get to Mike Clemens. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric on I-90. Oh, how I missed your voice last week. I did not miss your voice. I listened to almost all your shows, Grant. What an outstanding job. Did you think so, actually? I thought sometimes it got a little got a little off the rails. I don't think so. I think you I mean you're put in a totally different environment. Correct. You had all kinds of other things to deal with. And uh, you pulled some people in and uh, I think I think you did a good job. 
Uh, I listened to he was a Pittsburgh running back. Um, oh, Merrill Hodge. Yeah. He that went forever. I couldn't slow that guy down. He just went and went and went and went and went. Right. Right. I guess uh, for a while there, I was wondering if you got the answer what the Green Bay Packers have to do to get better next year because you asked everybody that. But that's yeah. okay. That's okay. I thought you were going to ask that food guy what the Green Bay Packers should be eating in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, dude, I met, Bobby. I'm, I'm, I met Bobby Flay. The rest of the week yeah. could have sucked. That it was where that made the whole trip. Meeting by that was literally a dream. I can't believe I met him and got to take a picture. That rips so hard. I'm happy for you, Grant. That'd be like me meeting David Gilmore. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. what it would be like for me. Yeah. That but would be anyway, a, that would be a little bit more normal for certainly. I mean, this guy's on Food Network. David right. Gilmore's a rock star. Right. So I appreciate that. But yeah, what were right. you gonna say? Sorry, I cut you off. No, that's all right. Um you had a big trip, it was nice. And uh you know, you're going to go back again, you know, probably next year, right? Hopefully, F. Bill will have me. Like a, yeah. So let's talk about the game, right? The big game, yes. I I describe that game as vanilla ice cream. Hmm. Really good vanilla ice cream, but it was just vanilla. I mean, really good, like like Kemp's or Haagen-Dazs or just really wow. good, but nothing out of the ordinary. It was it was just two really two good teams playing good football, but the winning play, how much more vanilla can you get than that? Sure. A guy would, a total nobody squirts out, and like you say, Grant, San Francisco plays a great defense all night, and they make one mistake, and it's a chip shot for Mold. Yep. It's a chip shot, and it's over. It's over. Yeah. You know? So... I think that's how I described the game. It was like a big, it was like a gallon jug of really good vanilla ice cream. I, I, I sympathize I because I love ice cream. Uh, and a jug of vanilla ice cream is great, but after you have a couple bowls of it, you're like, should I melt some peanut butter and put it on there? You know, how can I dress this up? Because right. vanilla ice cream is great, but every once in a while, you're like, I, I, I want a little bit more. I think vanilla ice cream, I think that's a good comp. Still great, still ice cream. Still an NFL game came down to the wire. Um, but got a little got a little sleepy in the second and third quarter, early third quarter. Yeah. Right, and, and like no massive events through the whole game. I mean, pretty milk toast. And, right, there's a certain amount of luck that has to happen. And the San Francisco 49ers, that guy blocking and the ball hits his calf. Yep. On the punt return, and that's all it took to ship that game. San Francisco wins if that guy doesn't do that. And he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. The ball just counts that way. Right? Yep. That's all it took. Sometimes so. special teams, you just need a little, and we've seen it with our Packers, right? Or your Vikings. They've missed field goals and, and made special teams gaffes that right. you can't make. It happens. Right. right. All right. What do we think of Brock Purdy now? I've, I've changed my mind. That guy's played pretty good. I, the good. same thing I've always thought of him. I think he's he's pretty solid. He's pretty good. But if you got to pay him a lot of money, you can't do it. And if you need him to go up against Mahomes, he's going to be at a disadvantage. And no one's expecting him to be Mahomes, right? Like, no, no one's expecting him to be Mahomes. I think my opinion of Brock Purdy has been consistent throughout. He's fine. He could be pretty darn good. But start to finish over the course of a game, he's going to miss some throws. And he's not one of the elite guys. How come we always do this? 
Because Brock Purdy's not playing Mahomes. Right? Yeah, he's, he's playing. playing yeah, I, I know what you. I, yes, I know what you mean. But you also know what I mean, right? But I also know what you mean, too. But okay. we, always, we always do that. And yeah. that always is like, well, I don't really. But, you know, I don't have to get it. It doesn't matter. Football season's over. And now we start again. Yeah, we start again. We're on a baseball season. Well, I got to take a break into Mike Clemens, Eric. I'm glad we got to reconnect after being apart for a week. Hey, nice talking to you, Grant. Great job. Great job, Wes. Thank you, Eric. Happy to be back in the beautiful 608. And going to go to bed early tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm pooped. And I'm not complaining. Um, We fit everything into last week that we could. I met up with as many friends and as many media people who have come on the show as possible. I mean... I got to hang out with Eric Eager. I got to see Peter Bukowski. I got to see friend of friend of friend Ryan Horvat the last night, which was which was a ball. Um, got to go out with Bill and Erica and Mike and Kristen a couple times, like fit it all in um, and worked long days. So the thing that got sacrificed was was sleep, which is fine. I'd have it no other way. Let's take a break. Someone who never sleeps, Mike Clemens, he'll join us next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Can only feel the number of people out there being like, "What's going on?" First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there. Hartman jackpot. Kansas City. And this was the Andy Reid special. We talked about. He was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across, and at that moment, he turns and goes back. That's Tony Romo, Jim Nance. A lot more Tony Romo than Jim Nance on that final call. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. You know who else is inevitable? It's Mike Clemens, our Sin City correspondent. He's covering that. He's the last one out of Vegas. Turn the lights off when you leave. Well, I guess the lights never turn off in Vegas. Mike, how are you holding up out there? Are you ready to leave Sin City or are you just getting started? I need a good night's sleep because last night was an all-nighter and it lives after Super Bowl and all the interviews and security and everything like that. And so I drove through downtown Vegas after I left our beautiful house that we stayed in for the past week. Outstanding place, two floors and the pool and stuff in the background. And a very nice family, you know, came and said hello. And so I was sort of checking out today. I drove through downtown and, you know, I was like, okay, what do I do tonight or maybe tomorrow night? Because I'm not coming back until Wednesday morning. And my choices are, you know, remember that U2 thing at the Sphere, right? Was that just one show or then you got like a residency? Yeah. So so you can even, you can see in Vegas right now, you can see U2, Adele, or Carrot Top. Which door would you like to pick? Hmm. Well, I would imagine it's a lot more to see the first two than the last. I don't know that I would enjoy Carrot Top. I might just save my money. No. Yeah, I get, all the comedians think he's a hack. So, but you know what? He's the main act at the Luxor, so he must have worked up his act somehow because somebody's buying tickets to see him. He looks like Chucky these days. Um, And one other quick observation is, you know how David Letterman has these little videos now that pop up? You know, Mm -hmm. even got the beard and everything. And his his producer, I can't remember that woman's name with the glasses, sit next to him in this video, and it popped up on my screen Saturday. He says, Hey, it's Dave, and I uh, just want to remind you, we're going to fly into Vegas, and she's looking at him like, what? Are you nuts? Yeah, I'm, we're going to have Dave's Super Bowl party. 
And first 400 people get in, free food. We got prizes. And uh, we're going to show the Super Bowl. And she goes, no, you can't do that, Dave. It's illegal. No, it's CBS. I'm I'm friends with those guys. We're good. We're good. Yeah, come on in. We'll have Dave's. And it's going to be at Circus Circus. And we'll have rooms there for you. Now, people used to always make jokes about Circus Circus. So I looked it up. And it's, I, I mean, it's, you know how much a room is tonight at Circus Circus is $25. Huh. But you read the, you read the Yelp, you know, descriptions, and they're saying, like, this place hasn't seen paint since the 80s. <laughs> so, <laughs> now I got to Google The it. elevator doesn't work, you know. It's scary. God knows what half of these rooms are used. And it's right in downtown Vegas. So I, I'm out in Henderson now in the suburbs and. There's some nice places I'm seeing that were actually by where our house was. I'm watching two women taking a cigarette break in front of a large store called Liquor World. <laughs> God, I love that city. I miss it. Uh, yeah. Not really. I you know probably take a little break before getting back there. The big game last night as I, I watched, it's like, oh, I remember you know that storyline. So it was cool to kind of felt like I had a, a week of homework and a week of research going into this game. Were you know the other folks that you talked to covering this game? Nobody could have been surprised, right? It's like, oh, Mahomes made the the big play at the end and had the big drive to win. I would have bet all my money on that happening. That's that's kind of how I felt this game would go. Right. I mean, um, the odds makers, because of the roster, the strength of the roster, went 49ers by a point and a half. But I, I, I seem to notice a lot of like media people, former players, or guys like me who watch a lot of football, just say, you know, I'm still, I'm still not convinced that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are not going to figure out some way to wiggle past these guys just like they did last year against a great Eagles roster. And by gosh, that's exactly what they did. But I remember hearing Kyle Shanahan say this. And there's some two or three things that Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan said in the last week in these pregame pressers. It's like, Wait, this is a very, very thoughtful coach. And last night was one of those moments. Somebody said, so you know, how come you didn't? Uh, how come you chose to take the ball first last night? And I know that they made some adjustments to the overtime rules because they don't want these games to end on a coin toss, or they want to get as much much drama out of it. So they changed it so if the first team scores a touchdown, the other team still gets a chance. All right. Uh, so Shanahan was asked, you know, why did you guys take the ball? And then of course they failed to score a touchdown, so they had to settle for a field goal. Why did you choose that? And here's what Shanahan said. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, that none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it would be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal, and if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Now, that explanation, and I, I said the same thing to Bill earlier today on the afternoon show, 10 to 2, that explanation is better than the explanation that I would have expected, right? If you would have said, well, I talked to the analytics people and, you know, that's, that's what we decided to do. I would have felt like, ah, it's not really an answer. That's a cop-out. Seems like you made a mistake and are now trying to come up with an explanation. The idea of getting the third possession, okay, all right, I, I see where the thought process is going there, but we learned from Patrick Mahomes both last night and today when he did some media avails. He's like, yeah, well, we were going to go for two. Right, if the Niners went down and got seven, we were going to go get seven and the, or six, and then we'd go for two for the win. That game wasn't reaching a third possession in overtime, so that explanation from Shanahan a little bit uh, good idea. I understand the idea there, but in practice, it was never going to work. So post game, you know, you're downstairs in the basement, and I'm trying to get George Kittle. I'm trying to get 
uh, Brock Purdy. I'm trying to get all these players. And you, roll, you go from booth to booth. Sometimes you set up extra recorders or whatever. But I saw Eric Armstead, uh, Armstead is the defensive lineman. Like, oh, you know, or, or Kyle Uchek, the, the fullback. I like, yeah, I, I talked to him the other day. We're fine. Well, they were, they were being asked by a writer from ESPN about, you know, what do you think about what you guys did in overtime? And, and Armstead said, um, you know, when we went into overtime, they flashed the new rules up on the scoreboard. And I didn't know there were new rules. I mean, you know, Shanahan never went over those. And he's reading them saying, oh, so, all right, so if we score, they still get a chance to get the ball. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and what, whereas the reporter is saying, you know, we talked to the Chiefs, and they, you know, Justin Reed, the safety articulate guy for the Chiefs, he said, no, Andy brought this up in training camp. We talked about that for two weeks. I mean, we actually went through different scenarios and everything as to how you have to handle the new overtime to be thinking about the game. I don't know. If I'm Shanahan, it, I think it's one of these kinds of things. Well, of course he knew what the new rules were. He just said that he and the coaches went through the analytics. Yeah. But, you know, as for the players, he's just like, look, you don't need to be thinking about that. You just need to be thinking about your assignment on the play, right? Yeah. You just need to be thinking about scoring touchdowns yep. or the most points that you can, and you don't need to, know, need to know all those other kinds of things. Well, that's an interesting debate for coaches to have. I mean, do you – or as a player, I would kind of think if you're if this is your income of a million dollars a year to play in the NFL, you might want to pick up a paper and you know read about the rule changes and understand what's going on in the game a little bit. Yeah. Remember the time that Donovan McNabb got caught in a post game press conference and he said, oh, "I had no idea that uh, there wasn't overtime." Remember that? Yeah, that's right. Well, and so I like, like also so, these Niners players. I understand it's tough and you just lost a game. Lie. Lie. You're hanging your coach out to dry. You're hanging your guys out to say, well, we didn't, I didn't even they know. Are. They are. But, you know, I, you know, the guy that wrote for ESP, he's doing a great job of steering it up the day before. And he's, you know, put a division in the locker room like where the players are upset now that their head coach never even told them about uh, that they didn't review that during the season or during the week leading up to the Super Bowl to, to go, you know, we weren't prepared and say, no, you, you, you still, you're still allowed to have a, Christian McCaffrey uh, have uh, a kid from Wisconsin, Leo Chanel, you know, punch the ball out and fumble on the opening drive, which they could have scored and taken an early con- commanding lead. And, mm-hmm. uh, all those kind of things. I just find that all that kind of that stuff is great. I love that kind of sauce. You know, whatever. It's it's just mixed stirs up the pot. And then the other cold so-called controversy is you're sitting there and there's your team captain Travis Kelsey who had spoken to the team the night before the team meeting. Mahomes got up, Chris Jones got up, uh, and they're you know they're you know telling the guys the importance of back-to-back championships and the rare opportunity they had, and then there he is just before halftime with only a catch or two, yelling at Andy Reid and pushing pushing his his head coach, and so Andy Reid was asked after the game, uh, it looked like Kelsey was getting kind of emotional there. <laughs> yeah, he was emotional today, so. Um, I get it. I mean, listen, I had five kids, so I, I, I get how that goes. Um, the part I love is he loves to play the game, and he wants to help his team win. I mean, it's not a selfish thing. That's not what it is, and I understand that. And so as much as, um, you know, he bumps into me, I get after him, and we understand that. Um, yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He a cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. Um, he was really coming over just to go, just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. 
I mean, it's not the first time. So, I listen, I appreciate him. Was, again, I'm not trying to, like, attack Travis Kelsey. It doesn't sound like Andy Reid's too torn up about it. Not the best look, but certainly maybe it would be a bigger talk if the Chiefs lost. You know what I mean, Mike? Like, probably a good thing they won and were able to laugh about it. Otherwise, maybe we'd have a, a different conversation today. I don't know. That's a great point. Here's the other thing, too. This story going around, this was solid last week that, you know, if the Chiefs win, maybe Andy's going to step down. He's going to go it on top. Because we've seen what happened at Belichick, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like Holmes is going anywhere. But it's so hard to get back. And why not just end it on a note? You're 66 years old. Maybe you do need a break or whatever. And, and you don't want to go the way Belichick has gone. Um, so, but, you know, Andy said this morning, oh, no, no, I'll be back. So who knows if he put that out there as some kind of extra motivation for the team to make sure that they were on point. Like, you know, hey, things could change next year. Let's get this one while we can. I don't know. I don't know. But, it, you know, whatever. There's 50 stories a day when you're covering these guys, and it's always pretty entertaining. What did you think of all that kind of – because I'm telling you, that wasn't coming from the media. That was coming from the Chiefs that, you know, we're wondering if Reed's going to hang it up after this one. Well, he said after the game, he's like, I haven't even thought about retirement. You know, maybe I I will. That to me is, you know, me is, well, maybe I should make a little more money. Maybe you should up my contract. And also, you know – why would you retire? Belichick's one thing because Brady left. I don't know why Andy Reid would leave when he has Patrick Mahomes at the peak of his powers. You know what I mean? At the peak of his, right. Well, that too. Just so that, you know, you'd like to, you want to write your own script and you don't want to be there, you know, if you don't make it to the playoffs for the next two years and then it drags on, and, um, you know, or Patrick gets hurt and has to miss a year. All those kinds of things. You, you know, you want to go on top. Just depending on how you feel, do you still want to do this? Yeah. Or is it time to, to, you know, take a step back? But, and, and the other thing is, I think he thinks he's got Matt Nagy right there in waiting. I think that's part of the deal, too. Mm, interesting. Something we'll have to discuss, no doubt. It's the offseason progresses. Mike, appreciate you. Travel back from Vegas safe, okay? Thanks, Grant. Yeah, have a good one. Our Sin City correspondent, Mike Clemens, will be coming back later this week. Let's take our final break of the show. Come back, wrap things up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I did the thing again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did this two weeks ago with Mike. My brain goes into autopilot at the end of the show, and I just start playing Bill's music. Enter Sandman. Oh, damn it. Well, whatever. There's worse songs, right? It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name name is Grant Bills. Damn, damn, damn. I got to stop doing this. It's like every couple of weeks now, I accidentally play one of Bill's songs. We appreciate Mike. Mike Clemens still out in Vegas. I don't know how he's doing it. Um, when we first got there, not to just berate you with Vegas stories, but when we first got there on Saturday, you know, connected with a couple of friends and friends, meaning people who also work in sports who were there for the Super Bowl. And, you know, how long are you going to be here? Are we going to be here through next Saturday? Holy smokes a week. Most people, you know, 48 hours. That's about just, you know, what most people can handle in Vegas. Now we're there for a week. Mike Clemens is there for like, what's that now? 13 days, 12 days. All in all, he's going to be there. Uh, 10 days, 11 days, not that many days, but um, a solid week and a half. So tip tip your cap to Mike Clemens. Give him a follow at Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter. 
he's out there covering what's left of of the Super Bowl mob and the party and all the press scrums and all that stuff. Tomorrow, we will talk Badgers basketball. We got to talk Badgers basketball because they are a little bit of a slide right now. And honestly, for everyone freaking out on Twitter, I don't want to tell you that the Badgers are, they're actually fine. Well, no, they're not playing fine, but for everyone who's saying this is rock bottom, this is bad, you know, Greg, Greg Gard's got to go. Okay, well, if this is rock bottom and the bottom has fallen out and this is really as bad as it gets, well, they're 20th in the AP. And I think they'll turn it around and they'll use this stretch to to really get some some issues fixed. Although I thought that going into the Rutgers game and then they go to the rack and lose to a Rutgers team that's not very good. So we'll see. We'll talk more Badgers basketball tomorrow, just a couple days away from pitchers and catchers as well. Good to be back in studio. Nice to talk to some of you over the phone today. Go Bucks tonight. Bucks Nuggets. We'll discuss that tomorrow as well. Talk to you tomorrow at four. Can't wait. We'll keep Bill's music going. What the hell?